Blog Talk Radio. Across the country and around the world, streaming live on the Internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back from sunny Austin, Texas, to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And, of course, this is your source for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate market. So, Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you so much. It's a great day to have a show. Lots of fun, interesting coaching calls all day long, so it's always a pleasure to be here. So share us, uh, share with us your favorite one so far huh. today. Well, I don't know. I've had It's been pretty back-to-back today. So favorite one, I would say one of my up-and-coming clients in L.A., Took six, six listings last month. All six are pending. So that's kind of a blessing and a curse, right? So the whole point is to sell them, yes. Okay. Um, but also, you know, now she's got to go get some more. So that's always a favorite call because it, it is the quintessential top producer conversation, right? So how do you take care of what you just did and go get more all at the same time? So the tendency, of course, is to take care of what you just created for the next month, you know, I've got all these pendings, all these inspections and financing and all these things to take care of. And then you have a great closing month followed by a month of nothingness. The old cash spurts problem versus cash flow. Yes, the roller coaster of real estate. So, so how do you, is, you know, how do you right, fix so, that? Well, the, yeah. the mindset is, and the question is, is that really a time management problem or is that really a mindset problem? In other words, the idea in some cases you guys are, you know, I have a number of personal coaching students that are making more money in July and August. I have, I think probably a good third of my schedule, they're making over $100,000 in August, and that's the most they've ever earned in one month in their yeah, lives. Great. It, and, you know, it's not really, if we're being honest, a time management problem to keep those in contract. It's really keeping things in contract, assuming there's no inspection issues or financing issues, which I know are big assumptions, but assuming those things go smoothly, there's really not a whole heck of a lot you do once a contract's signed, especially if you have a transaction coordinator that kind of coordinates everything for you, title companies, escrow mm-hmm. companies, attorneys, you know, they all do their jobs. So the issue is not so much time management, though that is obviously part of it, or time management obviously is the thing that everyone blames. I'm so busy with my closings. The real mm-hmm. issue, I think, is the fact that they're just not really haven't got their minds wrapped around the fact that they're making this much money in a month, and right. because they have this really newfound sense of wealth, you know, it's hundred thousand dollars in some cases, or maybe it's twenty five thousand dollars, wherever the number is that really makes you go to this place that you've never been before, realizing that that's more money than you know a lot of people earn in their an entire year. And you've got you know all these mindset things start rushing in. Mm-hmm. That's what I personally help these guys wrestle with a lot of times. Right. It's not that they don't know what they're supposed to be doing, because they do, obviously, or they wouldn't be where they're at now. They wouldn't be mm-hmm. positioned to make this much money. It's just that they're not really completely comfortable with making that much money. I, I, do you run into that? I'm sure you do. Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting to see some of the behavior is a little bit predictable after you've been coaching for 9 million years, you know. Um, but it, it depends kind of what they've been through and what that mindset is because sometimes it's just like a spend fest, the money's gone, that's it. Sometimes even before the commission check has even happened. 
some of them go totally the opposite route. And, you know, I've had coaching clients that are still kind of mentally recovering from um, their own personal recession, and they'll hoard commission checks and then cash them as necessary as a personal spending hedge, you know, to try and manage themselves. So a lot of people working through a lot of financial maturity uh, challenges, and then, of course, we have to make sure that taxes are paid and there's something going to savings. And what I always tell them is, look, you know, whatever that amount is, if that's the most you've ever made in a month, and for some people that's, you know, $10,000, other people it's 100000 but whatever it is, that seems like one rockin' month. But if you make that your quarter, it's not quite as exciting. And if you really get off the tracks mindset-wise and that's your six months, well, now you might as well be working, you know, a normal person job. So don't celebrate too quick. <laughs> and by the same ha- by the same token, you know, if that's your high watermark month, I also play a fun little calculator game, and I say, all right, well, let's just say that you were able to operate like this just ten months of the year. Take off the last, you know, have a good holiday season. Take, um, you know, take December off. But let's let's just say ten months of the year you operated at this level. So I do whatever their their biggest month was times ten. What's that number? That's exciting. Right. So one month, I don't know, one month, does that, you know, make the income? No, that was just a great month. But how do we turn that into a habit? That's the exciting thing. Well, I had a new coaching, coaching client that joined. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I had new, someone uh, today that joined, and this guy's made more money this year than he's ever made. It's like $600,000. And why? Mm-hmm. Because he's been doing a lot of things we asked him to do. So he's on track, if he allows himself to, to earn over a million dollars. But you know what his mm-hmm. problem was? It wasn't hmm. that he doesn't know what to do. It isn't what, that he doesn't even want to do it. It's just that having that much money, again, makes him really kind of feel strange because for mm-hmm. him, that is more money than maybe he even had the belief that he had the capacity to earn, and now he's earned it. So now he's in a situation where he's like, I don't, you know, his thing was, I don't feel motivated. That's what he said to me. Yeah. You know, I'm having a motivation problem. It's like, yeah, no kidding, dude. You don't have to work. <laughs> you know, right. So, right. I mean, you don't have to work. You, you've earned more money this year so far in six months than you did probably in the last three years combined. And, you know, yeah. so here's what we did. We talked about financial goals. But what we talked about, mm-hmm. first of all, is making sure, to Julie's point, you know, you pay your taxes, but then you also want to put enough stakes in the freezer or save some money for that inevitable rainy day on whatever form that takes he should have. And I, this is what I told him to do: put six months worth of personal reserves in a, you know, in a never yep. t- to be touched bank account, um, pay off mm-hmm. any debts that he might have, and then after that, I start. I suggest to them that he considers paying his house off. Yeah. You know, his Get idea was he wanted. Then to, you'll be motivated again. Well, exactly. But you have to set aside, you know, pay off all your debts, set aside six months mm-hmm. of the savings, uh, and you know, he wanted to go out and buy a boat for a quarter million dollars. Mm-hmm. That's what his idea was. I said, well, how does that make sense? So when you buy this boat, you pay cash for it. What is that boat going to cost you per month? You know, What is that boat going to be worth in five years because boats really depreciate? So opposed mm-hmm. to making it so that you just had the best six months ever, and this is the six months you're going to be talking about for the rest of your life, oh, I remember that first six months in 2014 where I earned all this money. Opposed to making it so that money just comes and goes, why don't you make it so that money serves you in your family for the rest of your lives. So anyway, guys, a lot of the issues you're dealing with come from being successful. Don't let your success be the beginning of your downfall. It's sort of counterintuitive, but oftentimes Mm -hmm. it's our greatest successes that lead to this level of discomfort, and we have the subconscious need to get back to the point where we are comfortable. And because so many of you guys have been coming out of seven to ten years of kind of hardship, 
that your comfort level with not having that hardship anymore isn't going to be there. You're going to be more comfortable being the person that's struggling, more comfortable than uh, as the person who's basically having to shop at the back of Walmart. And now that you're walking into money, of course, I'm giving you guys extreme examples, but now a lot of, so many of our coaching students are walking into money. You know, don't allow yourself to bamboozle and ruin your success that will force you to be back in that state of being broke again you know use this as a as a launching board if you will to really go to the next level in your career so julie and i are going to be talking more about the 11 points that we started talking about the 11 habits of the millionaire agent we're going to be uh, chatting with you guys about those when we come back for a quick commercial break is coaching right for you and how can i guarantee it will work for me Chances are you are asking yourself those questions right now. I'll answer those critical questions for you in just a moment. But first, let's be honest about something you may have always suspected. You've probably always known that the nation's top 1% of realtors, you know, those millionaire agents you see on TV, they possess a secret knowledge that the other 99% of agents do not have. Where did they learn what they know? And more importantly, how did they learn how to put this closely guarded information into money-making action? It's simple. They have a coach. Not just any coach. The nation's mega millions, top 1% of the realtors know that in order to maintain their almost unfair advantage, that they must have their own personal coach. A proven market-tested coach who has truly walked in their shoes, a coach who has worked with many of the nation's leading agents. At this point, you're probably ready to maybe try coaching. However, you don't want to be unfairly locked into a long-term ball and chain that coaching contracts can give you. It just makes sense that you should be able to try it before you buy it. Even more importantly, you want to have a coach who is the best of the best not someone who is simply assigned to you, or even worse, has never sold real estate. Can you imagine? If this is you, I have something for you right now that is exactly what you have been looking for. For the next 48 hours, Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching is offering you a free coaching call. This is a real coaching call with a real Tim and Julie Harris coach. Now, while you are thinking about it, why don't you visit us online? at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Once again, that is freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, let's be clear. This exclusive coaching opportunity is only available for the first 50 realtors who are stone-cold serious about their real estate business and know that in order to succeed at the highest level, they must hire a coach. So don't wait any longer. Take action now and visit us again at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Thanks so much. See you all soon. And we are back. So, again, we're talking this week about the 11 success habits of the millionaire real estate agent. So, Julie, the next point is? The next point is to have a positive attitude, or what Napoleon Hill used to call a PMA, positive mental attitude. So think about it. Have you ever spent an afternoon with a complete curmudgeon, a cranky person, and then looked back on it as the best time you've ever had? Probably not. 
So nobody likes to hang out with a wet blanket. That includes your prospects, your clients, your family, your friends, your neighbors, etc. You want to radiate positive energy that people can bask in. People do business with people who radiate positive energy. So be a well of inspiration and show that you're confident and in control of your own destiny. Don't be the guy who's always worried about everything and always complaining you know, about people like that. You guys don't like to hang out with them. Be the one who's smiling. Be a source of pleasure and making the most of your present. Be really, as Tim, as you often say, be frosty, be present. Be with the person that you're with, whether that's a family member, a prospect, etc. Exude a positive mental attitude. And you guys, I know you know the difference because a lot of you come to your coaching calls talking about how somebody sucks the life out of you. Well, those are people who are battery drainers. People like to be around people who are battery chargers. That's how you know which are you. (laughs) Do you see the energy draining out of people when you speak? That's not good. If you're at a listing presentation and the seller scoots their chair back, crosses their legs, crosses their arms, and starts to zone out, not a good thing. If they lean forward towards you and they make better eye contact, well, you know you're engaging. So be observant of which you are. Are you charging batteries or are you draining them? Well, the easiest way to keep yourself in check on that is never complain. Literally yeah. just never complain. Even if you have something to complain about, don't complain about it. Just keep your mouth shut. The problem is is complaining, all it does is just basically invites more complaining. There's no end to it. So when you complain, you basically start attracting exactly what you don't want to attract to you, which is more complaining. And then guess what? Right. It's, you'll start attracting complainers. You'll start attracting high-maintenance uh, customers. You might find yourself right now in a situation basically where you're surrounded by complainers. It, well, guess what, guys? You're surrounded by complainers because you're the complainer. So stop complaining. Stop actually saying anything negative about anything. Don't talk about the politics. Don't talk about you know anything that would result in sounding like you are bitching and moaning. That's just it. That is where it all starts. Watch what you will attract what you put out there. It's like attract light, uh, like attracting like. So next point is a point, and Julie, read the point, and then I think you should tell the story about when you were playing in uh, the orchestra, and a lot of you guys may or may not know Julie it was a professional musician in an orchestra. So talk about when you were playing uh, flute and piccolo in the orchestra and mm-hmm. how you never necessarily were overt about asking for business, but how you used our next point to your advantage to actually generate lots of closed transactions from that group. Yes, So the point is simple, dress well. What does that mean? It means dress at least one notch nicer than whomever you're going to be around. If you're going to a meeting, in my case, an orchestra rehearsal, dress at least one notch, if not two, nicer than the people you're around. So it's funny because, you know, this is a classical orchestra. It's not like people are dressing like slobs, but they're coming home from work or you know, maybe they're wearing jeans and a nice button-down or something like that. I always went out of my way to dress nicer than that, almost like I was going on a listing presentation because people would ask me. I constantly would hear, you always look so nice. What do you do for a living? Which is a great right. door opening to talk about real estate. I mean, I didn't even practically – I didn't ever think of it as prospecting. Oh, my gosh, prospecting. There's that word again, right? I didn't really consider it that. I was simply being myself talking about real estate, but I have found – that always looking nice, looking your best, gives you a distinct advantage. And this gets down to when you, let's say you're going to the grocery store in your marketplace, in your farm area, in your neighborhood, 
Don't go there looking like a slob wearing your sweatpants and your flip-flops. Don't look like you just rolled out of bed. Nobody wants to do business with somebody who looks like a slob. <laughs> and we've gone to open houses before where it's like, are you like the guy that lives here or are you the agent? You know? Are you a vagrant What's going on that wandered in are you on a the vagrant? street? Are you a squatter yeah. or are you yeah, a listening exactly. agent? You know, so we joke about this, but we wouldn't bring it up if it were not such a salient point. It doesn't take that much effort. And I have found, to the previous point, you know, have a positive mental attitude. When you look nice, you feel better. You're a lot less likely to complain if you look like a successful person, even if you don't completely feel like it right this second. Once you put on a nice outfit and, you know, you're well-groomed and you have your nice shoes on and all that kind of stuff, it just it can change your own outlook, and naturally you're going to be more successful. You're going to attract a better clientele to yourself, and actually talking about real estate and doing things like prospecting becomes easy because you're attracting people to you instead of repelling people from you if you look like a vagrant. We were watching, uh, yes, one of our our uh, little guilty vices, pleasures. Guilty pleasures. Um, what was it, selling Miami last night, and one of the listing agents, what, they were doing a little segment on her, and her nails looked terrible. It, like, made me cringe. I don't I know if you probably didn't that. notice that. It's a girl thing, right? But I'm like, how you knew you were being filmed. You knew you were being on camera. That You knew they were going to zero in on you holding your cell phone. How can you have chipped-up, nasty-looking nails? That doesn't work. Because anyway, she needs you as her coach? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we my, should call her. <laughs> it's a cry we're coaching for all the others. Hi. <laughs> <sighs> You know, it's yeah. stuff like that because, I mean, and think about in a listing presentation, probably why I'm sensitive to it is because I know when you're a list, in a listing presentation, you are talking with your hands. You know, things like a previous point from yesterday, we were talking about knowing about nice stuff. Don't go to a listing presentation with some ratty-looking Bic pen. Have a nice pen. You're signing things, okay? Maybe you point with your pen. Make sure it looks nice. Make sure that you're well-groomed. These are just like simple things that not just uh, work better for whoever you're in front of, but they make you feel better about yourself. And we know well, that in real estate, you, it's so easy to get drowned down. You know, you you got to kind of protect yourself. But go ahead. People treat you like you present yourself. That's right. Right? I mean, people will treat you exactly the way you tell them to treat you, depending on how you're choosing to present yourself. So if you look like a slob, they're going to treat you like a slob. If you look like somebody who doesn't care, they're going to assume you don't care. It really is that simple. So you guys keep those things in mind. And you know the funny thing, Julie, is when it comes to dressing, especially when you're in a sales environment, it is one mm -hmm. of the easiest and really fundamentally the least expensive things that give you, gives you the biggest advantage. Now, you don't have to go out and get a bunch of $5,000 suits, and you don't have to do all these expensive no. things that you know, are outside of your budget. We're just talking about, as Julie said, dressing one step nicer than the environment you're going to find yourself in. You know, you guys know this. Because think about the people that you admire in your – it doesn't have to be the real estate industry, but just people you've come in contact with where you were just really impressed with them. Nine times out of ten, part of their aura was how they presented themselves and what they were wearing. And obviously, you know, how they were groomed. Julie mentioned fingernails. These types of little small things we all sort of know, but we all sort of forget about over time. And, you know, time leads to decades and decades leads to a lifetime. Well, you know, it was Robert Kiyosaki, actually, that said this really effectively in his books. 
he said he always makes a point of making sure that he dresses it with whatever's in fashion. He, he you know, wears his hair in such a way that it's, it's whatever's in fashion. He actually makes an effort to look current and modern and doesn't allow himself to get stuck in a generation. I mean, he's probably in his 60s or 70s now. I don't really know. But I bet you mm-hmm. if you were to see him, you'd think he's 20 or 30 years younger than he actually is. Don't you think that would affect how you felt about yourself? I had actually, Julie, I didn't tell you about this, but a long-term coaching client named Kevin Hutto, he uh, was mm-hmm. living in uh, California for a while, and he's moved back to South Carolina to take care of his family and his mm-hmm. his parents, I think. And so anyway, he and I were chatting yesterday on private message, and he was telling me how people in South Carolina are so much older at a younger age than the people in mm-hmm. California. And right. you and I have noticed that too, right? Yep, definitely. I mean, it's crazy. So these things matter. All right, next point, Julie. Yeah, and I honestly, in markets like that, I think people notice even more. It's actually to his advantage, you know, because it's so much more obvious when he's got it together. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, so next is be worldly. The successful person makes the effort to know what's happening around them. They have informed opinions about current events and engage intelligent people in friendly discussions. So this means especially in your own local marketplace, pick up your local newspaper Know what's happening. And I always like to translate things into real-world scenarios, right? So when you walk into a listing presentation and the seller says to you, hey, did you hear about that Walmart that's going in down the street in that beautiful field? You want to be like, huh? No, I tell me more about that. No, you want to be the one that says, you know, I appreciate the fact that you want to move, seeing as how there's that Walmart moving in right down the street from you, right? So well, be informed, well, so- be worldly. But you can cross the line. Crossing the line would be talking about politics. Never talk about politics. When politics, someone asks if you're a Republican religion, or a Democrat, politics. you're neither. You're a, re- you're a Republican. You're both. Mm-hmm. Right? right? You're never one or the other. Don't be the person that basically sounds like you're from MSNBC or Fox News. You want yeah, to be the you know expert. Yeah, where to draw the line. That's an excellent point. Right. I mean, the interview we did yesterday with, uh, with Sean from um, Property Radar, right? He was talking about how his service now – is focused on really making a, uh, agents have an unfair advantage in their marketplaces by really understanding the uh, drill down of their actual market. I mean, from the MLS, we can know the days in the market. We can know the list of sell price ratio. We can know all that type of stuff. But he actually has data available now that you guys can subscribe to that gives you, like, all kinds of crazy statistics. You can see who owned it. I mean, the deed information, the the construction of the house, the how long the current owners have lived in the house. I mean, all these types of, you know, really valuable pieces of information that when you're speaking with a prospect, you know that neighborhood. You'll know that, for example, I know where Julie grew up in Columbus, Ohio, in Worthington, Ohio. She, her neighborhood very, very rarely turns over. People buy a house there, they raise their kids there, and they never move from there. Whereas other communities, like if you guys are selling real estate in Las Vegas, I mean, people hardly stay put for very long at all. They're there for three to five years, if that, and then they move again. Parts of California are the same way. So, I mean, all these types of statistical things make you the expert. Those are the types of things that we want you to be uh, focused on and being knowledgeable about, not being political or, you know, when we say be worldly and know what's going on in the world news-wise, have a real sense of the fact that maybe a lot of your customers are coming from China. You better know, at least have an understanding of what's going on in China that might be causing those folks to want to migrate, let alone reinvest, in America. Uh, If you're in uh, Miami, we have a lot of people from Brazil that are doing the same exact thing. So do your homework. Know what's going on. Don't just be some realtor that seems like every other agent. You've got to really be – how do you do it? Go to Google News. That's the easiest thing to do. 
Just go to Google News and put in a specific topic, then set up a news alert of the things that you're interested in, and then have the news alert sent directly to your phone every day. That way you can kind of stay in front of all the things that are actually important that will be important to your customers as well. You know, the things that, you know, they're talking about. What are they talking about? Interest rates. Types of mortgages, those are types of things they'd be focused on. If you're dealing with a really high-end customer, they're going to be maybe interested in collectibles. So you want to be focused on what recent art sales there were or, or the fact that there was another Ferrari that sold for $50 million or you know things like that. So depending on your individual market, you're going to want to be the person that is uh, educated enough that you're going to be able to have conversations with a wide variety of people while you're dressed nice, while you have your positive mental attitude, right? while you're actually carrying yourself as the person you want to become. And that's really the bottom line. When you're trying to emulate the success habits of the typical millionaire agent, what they do is they make themselves look, feel, and act like the person they want to be, not necessarily the person that they are. It's not faking it, but what it is really doing is you're modeling yourself and adapting to new and adopting to new behaviors so that when it comes time for you to, you know, be in front of that prospective million dollar or ten million dollar seller, you're comfortable because you've already dressed that way. You've already you're able to have a conversation with them and you're not feeling like an outsider because at that point you're not. Depending on what your goals are in your real estate business, guys, this new real estate market, this seven to ten year real estate boom that we're just really I mean, you guys should all be convinced that what we've been telling you for the past year and a half is true, that we are at the beginning stages of real estate boom. Hopefully you're all seeing that and you're no longer struggling with that. You're realizing that, hey, Tim and Julie, we're telling me the truth. I better jump on board and take advantage of this real estate market because this is going to probably be the last best real estate market of all of our careers. Take the most advantage that you can. If you have the opportunity to sell more expensive real estate, sell more expensive real estate. If you have the opportunity to you know, make some strategic investments, do it. Put yourself in the place, act like, dress like, talk like, walk like, think like the person that you want to be, and that is the person you'll become. In the meantime, if you guys need us for anything, I want you to go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and of course, request a free coaching call. It would be our pleasure to help you in any way that we can, and have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.